Welcome to Stuff We Love podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stuff We Love podcast. I am your host, Scott, and I am happy and honored to welcome back to the show again, one of our most wonderful guests, Alex. Alex, welcome to the show this, this evening. Thanks for having me, Scott. I'm so excited to be here. It's I've, great to I've have texted you, here. you that about 10 times. What's that? <laughs> I've texted you that about 10 times. <laughs> How excited I am. Uh, you are a very enthusiastic podcast guest, and uh, that that is wonderful. That makes the hosting duties that much easier because you're ready to go. You're excited. And tonight, I know you're particularly happy because we are going to be doing what I referred to you earlier is a- as taking part in the most inevitable episode in the history of the podcast, which is Amazing. Scott and Alex review the new Harry Styles album. <laughs> There's nothing more basic or fundamental to the Stuff We Love podcast. You're absolutely correct. This is incredible. And I'm so, so happy to be here. And I'm honored that you picked me to do this with you, Scott. Well, he backed out at the last minute, Harry. So he was going to be on. Yeah. No, no, no. Harry said no. So I'm the same. No, no, no. I'm kidding. If he was on the show, you would be here too. I wouldn't make a point of that. That would be in the contract negotiations. But um, anyhow, I'm really excited to talk to you about this album. So what we're going to be... talking about is the album Harry's House. It came out last week and it is the third solo album by Harry Styles. Of course, Harry Styles was in the boy group uh, One Direction. And uh, the first single from the album was As It Was, which continues to dominate radio play. We're going to talk about it in a little bit. And the album was released quite quickly. I think when they announced it, I, I didn't look up the date it was announced, but I just seem to recall it was a very quick turnaround. They announced it and a few weeks later, it's here. And um, I texted you, Alex, in advance of the album's release. And I said something like, Alex, this is going to be a great album. I, I have a sense for these things. I know this is happening. You do. You and do. let me begin by asking you to two questions. One, tell our listeners about where Harry Styles ranks for you in terms of your favorite contemporary artists. And two, please just tell us your reaction to Harry's house. Take it away. Absolutely. Um, In terms of my top artists, I would say Harry's definitely in the top 10. And for you, Scott, you know, that's that's pretty generous of a ranking for me because I've listened to so much and consumed so much different music and genres. But um, I'd say he's definitely top 10. I've always liked One Direction. I saw them one time <laughs> live. I think it actually might've been their last tour. A good friend of mine surprised me with floor seats. And I was like losing my mind to see Harry Styles. And yeah. he, because he was just, and not to sound cheesy, but he was always just the standout for me. And I think a lot of people always thought of like Zane and Louis Tomlinson, you know, and the other guys and they're all great, but Harry was always the standout for me. So I think he's kind of remained in that, that top 10 for a while. And my initial reaction to Harry's house was similar to what you said before. I think it's, it's going to, it's a fantastic album from cover to cover. It's, I think it's different. I think there, we see a lot of different sides of him that we've never seen before. And for him being so, you know, vulnerable and open with the public is a big, is a big step for him, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I just, I really, really like it. I think it's a great mix of pop and R&B. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of reminds me of the Beatles a little bit, like his older stuff, some of the tracks. Okay, that's a good comment. I, I was going <laughs> um, to comment on that in a little bit. Um, and oh, amazing. I, well, I guess building off, of, well, well, building off of what you just said about the Beatles, I remember years ago, because I was not a huge One Direction fan. I knew the hits, basically. And I remember reading a column by an entertainment reporter who is a big Beatles fan. And he referred to the One Direction track, Olivia, as a very Beatles-esque trap, a <laughs> track, not trap, track. And so what I did was I listened to that song and immediately could hear the Beatles influence on there. Very kind of 1967 Sergeant Peppery type influence with strings and almost like psychedelic type song in a way. And that's what really got me more into One Direction. Still not a huge fan, but I started to listen to several tracks. And they're a very solid group. Uh, In a little bit, we will talk about a little bit of the Beatles' um, influence on Harry's house. I wanted to ask you, Alex, what album did you like more? 
the first Harry Styles album, self-titled called Harry Styles, or Fine Line, which was his second album? Which one did you prefer? I really liked Harry Styles. I I thought, and it's not to say that I didn't like Fine Line. I just really loved, like, Kiwi, I think, from, I think it's called. From yes, that's correct. right. Um, Kiwi, like, that just like banging guitar was so awesome and so bold and so big. And he had, it was a big like rock vibe for me. Yes. And I don't know if a lot of other people picked up on that. Like just by listening, I think it was just like, Oh my God, Harry Styles put out this album and it's amazing. Cause he's Harry Styles. But I really got to like sit down listen to it and appreciate that, you know, those really, really bold strings of the guitar. And, and mm-hmm. it was just really awesome. Um, Fine line was just more pop. And I, I loved it too. I just, I don't know. I think that Harry Styles resonated with me a little bit more. Well, Harry is a very, from everything I've read, a sophisticated music fan in the sense, I mean, just talking about the Beatles alone, I've heard he is a massive Beatles fan and it shows the actual album name Fine Line is based on a Paul McCartney song called Fine Line, which was on McCartney's album called Chaos and Creation in the Backyard. He has talked before about his love of Wings, which was McCartney's group after the Beatles particularly the song Arrow Through Me, which is a relatively obscure Wings track that appeared on the Back to the Egg album. That's That was the name of the Wings album. So he knows his stuff. And I think that shows in his musical output. When the album Harry Styles came out, he received a lot of comparisons to John Lennon. The big song from that album, Sign of the Times, people compared to John Lennon. And it it's not a poppy album. It's catchy, but not poppy the way Fine Line is. And um, yeah. I think it's interesting because what I see on Harry's house or what I hear on Harry's house is a little bit of a combination of what he had on Harry Styles and Fine Line. It's kind of this mixture. And so, Alex, I don't even really know where to begin. As I said to you before we started recording tonight, I don't want to go track by track because we both love this album. I didn't say that yet, by the way. Harry's house is fantastic. I've been listening to it nonstop since last last week. Same. I, I wanted to begin by asking you what is your favorite song right now subject to change on harry's house i love late night talking and is that your favorite that is not just my favorite song on the album that is a song that i could tell you right now will forever rank on my top pop songs of all time i'm just gonna savor this moment and listen to you talk go ahead a hundred percent i I just think it's incredible. There's something about it. And I know this is going to sound so basic, but there's just something about the way that he changes his voice and it's kind of groovy and poppy and a little bit of R and B all in the same song. And I think we've talked about this a lot on the podcast where I personally think it's, I don't want to say difficult because I'm not a songwriter. So I don't really know how difficult it is speaking from that sense, but I feel like as a listener, it's really hard to listen to a lot of artists that try to, mesh genres and Harry Styles to me just seems to be that person that can pull it off in like the most brilliant way and I think late night talking is like the perfect example of that just like his like vibrato and I think vibrato is the right word but like just the way that he I don't know like the way that he sings it is just so awesome and it's beautiful in in my opinion and it's really fun and really cool it makes me want to dance Totally get that. And it does combine genres. It's got this rock pop sound that meshes together. Well, the drums on the track are fantastic. His band is Amazing. phenomenal. The um, there's it, it's interesting because I was listening to a podcast, which I really like called every single album. And they've reviewed every Taylor album, every Adele album, one direction album. And they were talking about Harry's house and in particular, this song. And one of the lyrics that Harry repeats in this song is, can't get you off my mind, right? He repeats that line over and over. There's another pop song, which I absolutely love that has the same line that he repeats. You know which song I'm speaking of? I don't. I feel like I should know. Can't get you off my mind. Do you have plans tonight? Sean Mendes lost in Japan. Oh, that's Can't get you off my mind. Now it's interesting that those words can't get you off my mind. Maybe there's something about the, this sounds ridiculous, but maybe I'm right about this. The, The pacing of those words that lends itself to particular melodies. I really don't know because it's, kind of bizarre that both songs are so catchy and have that lyrical phrase in there but um no you just said it better than me 
I completely agree. <laughs> I you. just think Thank he you. has such a great way of making that melody. It's so unique. There's a part of the song which I really love, which, which, which is where he repeats the line, can't get you off my mind. And rather than let the music just hang, he kind of, it's almost like a staircase. It goes back up. It's like it has a flow. It's like a waves almost is the way I would describe it. And uh, it's so catchy. It's so amazing. And uh, I love it. It's my favorite song on the album. It's, I think, my favorite Harry Styles song ever, replacing the song She from the album Fine Line. And um, rumor is it's going to be the next single, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, I love it. Fantastic choice for your favorite track. Yes. Oh, well, you too, of course. Thank you. Thank you. I was, I was not, I'm not surprised that we have the favorite. We have the same favorite track. I'm not surprised either, given the overlap in our musical tastes. And I, I really do think it's a standout track. I, I just do. Um, I do too. It's, it's a banger. It's a banger. It's a bop. As Ben Aldis would say. As Ben Aldis <laughs> would say. Uh, tell me, Alex, um, give me another highlight for you from the album. Okay. <laughs> this is a hot take, I think. I really like music for a sushi restaurant. And I think it's so funny because I... When I tell you, Scott, before this album came out, I was talking to a coworker about this. He was like, have you ever been to a restaurant where the music doesn't match the vibe? And I was like, oh my God, yes, of course I've been to a restaurant where the music doesn't match the vibe and, and so on. And, and I was reading about Harry's house and that's where this song came to be. Like he was sitting in a restaurant in LA with a producer and he was like, oh, this is a weird choice of song for like a sushi restaurant. I'm, not, I'm sure that's not the exact way he said it, but that's kind of how it came to be. And he was like, this would be a great name for this track. And I was, and, and, you know, he was, it just came to be, and it was awesome. Um, so I think for that reason, I love it. But in mm -hmm. addition to that, I think it's, it, it just really puts me in a good mood. Yes. <laughs> it sounds so weird, but the, the horns yes. are so bold and they, they like jump out at you and you least expect it. And I think it kind of just sets the mood. Like it, it starts off a little like, different and funky and then all of a sudden it's like boom and it hits you and i think that's that's really really awesome i love the um, way go ahead alex i'm sorry no, no, no. you go I, I love the way you described it because i think it's 100 accurate it starts off in a very what i would call non-traditional way for a pop song it's a combination of singing and vocal just just talking and uh has horns it's in a way to me kind of experimental in its sound uh, in its pop sounds. It's a very, it's an interesting thing that it has this combination of being very commercial, but also very experimental to me for a pop song. And I think it's a great opening track. And of course, I when I saw the it. track list, I'm like music for a sushi restaurant. What is this song? I can't wait to hear it. And <laughs> it did not disappoint. What a great lead off track for the album. Seriously. I could not agree more. And I think it's a, it's a fan favorite yes. from what I'm seeing. Totally. From what I'm, I, I'm seeing that too. Big fan favorite. People like the horns. People like the way he scat sings in the song for a moment. <laughs> yeah, which is fun. Um, it's definitely it's to me one of the one of the great songs on the album. I agree. Um, now let's let's go with that in terms of great songs on the album. Are there any songs? You know, I I, I think it's a great album. As I've said, there are one or two tracks which I am not as crazy about. And I'm going to tell you what they are. And I want your reaction. Can you guess what they are? Actually, let me throw that out there. Can you guess? Okay. I want to say one is daylight, but I think I'm wrong. You are. Oh, well, see, you I, are I know why I'm wrong because wrong. daylight is the most like the Beatles. Daydreaming? No. Okay. I'll tell you. Oh now. my God. I'm like way off. No, no, no. Uh, well, actually, you are kind of way off, but that's OK. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the two songs I'm not crazy about are Keep Driving and Love of My Life. I almost guess Keep Driving. I love Love of My Life. Interesting. I tell me why you love it so much. That's the closing track on the album, folks. So uh, tell us why you like it, Alex. I just think it symbolizes something so big for him. And again, I feel like I sound so vague and so cheesy right now, but I think it wraps it up nicely because we're kind of following this journey of like the new era of Harry Styles as the album goes on. Um, and I feel like it's just so much emotion up front and like throughout that, like at the end, you're just like, okay, I want to kind of just chill out. That was my interpretation of it. Um, and I just think he, he, his voice sounds incredible. Voice sounds great. And lyrically, I think it's a strong track. Melodically, it mm -hmm. doesn't really grab me. Now that could change, of course. Uh, yeah, it is, a, it is a bit slow, of course. 
It is a bit slow. Um, there are other slow songs on the album that I think work really well. One of them is Matilda. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my favorites. It's a very intimate track in a way. It's, uh, again, the vocal arrangement, just spectacular on it. And lyrically, extremely powerful. Apparently, he was in a conversation with someone, we don't know who, who confessed difficulties that she had experienced in her life, presumably with her family. And the reason I say that is because the lyrics of Matilda, which was written after that conversation, talks about this person throwing a party and her family not being invited and kind of trying to convey optimism to her in a difficult time. Love the melody. Love the harmonies on it. That's another thing with Harry Styles where he has talked about, he talked about this on Howard Stern last week. He's talked about it in multiple interviews. He is inspired by the great harmonic groups of the 60s. Uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, you know, and it shows on a track like uh, Matilda. It shows on multiple tracks. And that's another thing I love about the album. Just like the Beach Boys, the harmonies are worth analyzing. It's the same thing on Harry's house. The way the harmonies are done, this interplay of vocals is spectacular. Just spectacular. It is. It's spectacular. He's got a really good group behind him, in my opinion. I think it's just, it just all beautifully comes together. Um, And I think Matilda is a great track for all the reasons you mentioned, of course. Um, Mm. And I did read it in another interview that he, he looked at it from like the lens of talking to this girl that shared her life experience or her past life experience and the trauma that she went through. And then he, you like kind of relate that to Matilda, the movie and how Mm -hmm. like her parents kind of treated her poorly when she was younger. And like, she turns out to have this like really happy life and, you know, you know, living with someone else and she gets treated the right way. And, and it's kind of just like an evolution of a person. And I think Mm -hmm. overall, that's kind of what he was going for with this message. And I think it just, Matilda is just a beautiful track in my beautiful. opinion. I really, really like it. And you're right. The melodies just are so standout. It's incre- yes. it's just incredible. I have no other words. No other words. <laughs> now, another. No sl- words. let me ask you this. Another slow song on the album that's been getting a lot of attention. He performed it on the Today Show is a song called Boyfriends. And I personally like Matilda more than Boyfriends. I'm curious your thoughts on it. I would agree. I think Matilda is definitely the, the standout slower track for me. Yes. I've heard the song boyfriends compared to daughters by John Mayer. And once you hear that comparison, you can't get it out of your mind. Interesting. Well, yeah. no, I haven't heard that, but I'm going to have to go back and listen. John Mayer notably I mean, you plays on two that. tracks. Really? Yeah. He plays on cinema, the song cinema. Oh, okay. And wow. he may be on daydreaming, but don't quote me on that. There's another song he's on. I know it's two tracks because they were in the studio at the same time. Working on different things. That's a very fun fact. Very fun fact. Yes. I like that. Now, uh, tell me, are there any songs on the album that you are not crazy about? I would probably, I would say Boyfriends is one of them. Okay. Not that it's, it's just not that I'm, it's not that I don't like it. I just, it's what, not one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, satellite. I'm, I feel like I'm just kind of getting a feel for Satellite. Let I don't know why there's just something about it. That's not, you know, it's not jumping out at me like the others. Give it more of listens. I'm curious. Re- revisit that with me in about two weeks. I'm curious your thoughts on it then. Oh, definitely. Because that, that was a song I latched onto right away. Actually. That's a song that Interesting. I Interesting. Yes. Okay. The. It's, it, analysis I've heard about this album, which I partially agree with and partially don't is that in a way it's a little bit superficial, not in a bad way, meaning that it's just meant to be light, breezy listening. And on one hand, I see that being true with some of the tracks. Like Late Night Talking, for example, while I love the song, it's not like a day in the life by the Beatles, right? It's not that type of track, but it still is great. But then you get to songs like Matilda, Love of My Life, um, you could, you could even look at something like boyfriends, even though I'm not totally, totally crazy about it as being kind of lyrically significant. And t- so you get, to me, it gets, it's like, it's deep, but it's also kind of light and breezy. It's a perfect album for summer in the sense that yes. you could play it by the pool. You could play it when you have friends over, no one's going to give you a weird look and you could, you know, it's like, 
yeah, of course, everybody would think that song like Late Night Talking would be great for gatherings in the summer. But you could get to a slow song like Matilda and no one's going to think, oh, what's this music? It's not going to sound weird, right? It's perfect album for summer. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that's a really, that's a really good point. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't even think about like, as it was, it's like a standout summer track for me. And then I didn't even like think of that when the whole album came out. So I'm going to I the exact same way. Like I right? was listening to the album today. I'm like, oh yeah, as it was, was on this, is on this album. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh wait, this came out like what? Three weeks ago, four weeks ago. I don't even know when it came out. Yeah. Um, and then it debuted on TikTok. Right. <laughs> of course. And it's all over TikTok now. It, are you tired of as it was? Because I am not. I, 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 I every don't think time I'll I hear be. it. I don't think I'll ever be. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's, I put it on the same level as Cold Heart with Dua Lipa and Elton John. Right. People get sick of it. And I'm just like, no, I need to hear it again. Yes. And again. And again. <laughs> um, can, can you think of an album that came out where recently where you just want to listen again and again? Because I think in a text message, you, you may have referenced golden hour Casey Musgraves as the last album like that. I'm, I think that seems pretty right. Cause I have not latched onto an album like this in a long time. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. Yeah. It was, it's definitely still golden hour. Like that's just kind of my go-to star cross is getting up there though. We've talked okay. about this. My, yeah, yeah. my feelings have changed um, for I'm the better. Happy to hear that. Happy to hear that. But I am really latched onto this album. Like it's just on when I put it in the car, when I go in the car, I just put it right on. Like it's just instinct now. And that's how golden hour was and yes. still is. Please. It's like It'll when it ends, get, you want to hear it again down. and again. You're just like, okay, let's, let's, let's go yeah. again. You want a yeah. hot take? This is a hot take. Say this without even having to take. think twice. Get ready. Let's hear ready? it. Brace I yourself. I like Harry's house significantly more than folklore. Hot take. And I agree. I love folklore. I agree. I love folklore and I love, I love, you know, I love Taylor Swift, but I love Harry's house. I, this is seriously like such a good feel good record. It's, right. it's insane. It's interesting because I think, look, folklore, one album of the year at the Grammys, it may be, have been deserving of album of the year in a way that maybe Harry's house is not like, I don't see Harry's house winning album of the year next year at the Grammys. I just don't, even though I love it. I know it's so funny because we said it was, well, I said it was going to. <laughs> yes. And I originally thought so too. Now I don't, now I don't think so. I have a feeling that the world is not that, <laughs> that would be like, the I know. perfect. that would be like, if we were right. <laughs> the perfect storm. <laughs> but I could see how folklore as an album is more deserving of an app. Al- I could see why people would vote for that for album of the year in a way that they wouldn't vote for Harry's house. Not saying I agree with that. No, I I definitely agree. And I think honestly, it's, I I mean, I can't like professionally say what it comes down to, but I think going back to kind of the album reviews and what we've read, while this album is amazing from start to finish, I do think that people don't jive well in general with like, songs that have few lyrics and i think a lot of people don't latch on to harry styles for that reason right i mean i am not one of them i love him and i love the simplicity of it mm-hmm. because like you were saying before i think when you hit that track where the lyrics really resonate with you and they really mean something and they might not even mean anything to you or resonate with you personally but you just like like have you ever been in public somewhere and you're like oh wow i'm actually like catching myself for a second like actively listening to the song and the lyrics are really beautiful. Oh, I feel yeah. like you, you definitely hit that, that point in Harry's house, but I feel like the album going back to the, I know I'm like jumping around, but no, going back to the this album is... of the year, yeah, I think that that might be why it doesn't take the cake because I, I've read a lot about how like the reviews say it's like passive listening right. and I can see that, but I feel like, I feel like it's getting knocked as passive listening because it has like less lyrics if yes, that makes I, sense. And I yeah. think that's why folklore is so great because it has the substance in the lyrics, like literal lines and lines of lyrics, but you know, they are substantial if that makes sense. And this makes- is very simple. And the lyrics are kind of just like either, Oh yeah, that's a fun line. Or like, what does that mean? Or like, this is really great. You know, it, there are just so many different things that go into that, but 
Hopefully I that makes sense. <laughs> so you remember what I said a couple of minutes ago, how this is a good album for summer. And I could picture, you know, let's say listening to it by a pool, let's say. I don't think many Grammy voters, when they vote for album of the year, vote for an album where that is the vibe for many of the tracks. Even though I love folklore, you're not going to listen to folklore by the pool, quite frankly. I, at least I'm probably not. And not me either. <laughs> and, and they, I, I just think that would hurt something like Harry's house in a Grammy competition and may get an album of the year nomination, but I just don't see it winning it. That being said, not all music needs to be the most sophisticated music ever. And I think one of the strengths of Harry's house is that combination of deep lyrical songs and also just light breezy entertainment. I've even heard a comparison of it on this every single album podcast where the hosts, uh, Nathan Hubbard and Nora Princiati refer to it as kind of like a yacht rock album in a way. Yeah. And I can can see see that that a little bit. It, and just like, you know, it's a great Yacht Rock-esque song by One Direction. What a feeling. You know that song? Oh, that's a great song. How's that for a, I like that song. For a reference? Throwing that out. Boom. Like that. How's that for a non-One Direction fan? <laughs> no, just this kidding. is some late night talking right here. This is, <laughs> this is what happens. You know, you get <laughs> references to tracks like that. Can't, but, um, can't get Scott's hot takes out of my head. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, I'll tell you why I also think this album lends itself to repeat listens. It's a perfect length. You know, one of my Mm -hmm. complaints in recent years is that some albums go on way too long. That's actually a complaint I have about particularly Evermore, to be honest with you. Hot take. Taylor, you're amazing. Another hot take. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But it does go on a little too long. I think what you're seeing now is a trend in the opposite direction. Look at Starcrossed. It's not that long. I'm kind of guessing it probably clocks in at 42, 45 minutes, give or take. Yeah. Golden Hour was probably maybe a little longer, but Harry's House, I think, is in the 42 minute range. And so let's go back now to Beatles albums right in the 60s. The longest Beatles album was the White Album, but that was a double record. So or you can't really look at that. But Sgt. Peppers, for example, I think clocks in at 39 minutes and change. Mm-hmm. Hard Day's Night, I think, is like 30 minutes and change. So the shorter the album it just, it rocks better. It, it, it works in a more co- concise way versus something that goes on too long where you're like, okay, I'll, I mean, let's uh, red. Okay. I love red. It's an amazing album, but the last time the song, yeah. probably, I don't really like it. And goes on, it goes on and on. Yeah. And Harry's house is not like that. It's a very concise and it's like, okay, that was 40 minutes. Let's do it again. You know? Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it's funny that you say that because I've come to appreciate that a lot. And I I mean, I know I always talk about Golden Hour because it's one of the best albums of all time. But when I first looked at the time when it was released on Spotify, I was like, oh, really? Like, we only have 42 minutes to listen. Like, I I just wanted to go on forever and all that. And then when I listened to it, I'm like, oh, no, forget it. Like, I don't want more. This is just amazing. And I had the same exact feeling with Harry's House. I think every, like, what's, I don't even know what the longest track is, four minutes, five seconds. It's just the perfect combination, like you were saying before, of track times, right? Melodies, harmonies. We we have horns. We have powerful drums. We have guitar. It's just all so good wrapped up in, like, this 42-minute present, (laughs) um, as lame as that sounds. No, I get it. I totally get it, and I agree with that. I, I think that album pacing is very significant. I think that having too many songs on an album, even on an album where there are good songs, it, it could ruin the album. It could take away from the good songs. And that's certainly not the case here. It was well paced. Yeah, I agree. And I think he just has this lighthearted, fun tone throughout. Like even when he's being serious, I think he kind of makes it lighthearted, which is nice to hear. Um, I mean, and he like dedicated the album to his friends. So yeah, what more it's very do you cool. want? So I'm building off of what you just said about how it's got this great, I think you said great tone, right? And this is like lighthearted. Okay. One of my favorite moments on the album and of any Harry Styles song in particular is on the song Daydreaming. Okay. Now Daydreaming is not, again, it's not one of these sophisticated songs. I would call this more laid back party type vibes. But when he sings the line, especially the first time in the song, Give me all of your love. Give me something to dream about. Like his voice sounds 
unbelievable. The horns kick in. It is just like a joyous celebration, that song to me, just celebration. And I watched some of his performance last week when it was released. He did a, a concert of the album in its entirety. And that was the vibe I got from late night talking when he performed live and daydreaming. It's just a celebration of music and celebration of what it is to be here and experience music. And that's what I love. It's just this, you know, I I remember hearing Linda Ronstadt say something because Linda Ronstadt has, I believe she has Mexican heritage. I could be wrong about that and released Mexican uh, inspired music. And she was interviewed mm-hmm. about it on a, in a documentary I saw, and she referred to it as kind of like, it's about celebrating being able to listen to music, celebrating what music represents. And that is the vibe I get from Harry's house. That's a quote that yep. resonated with me. And on tracks like Late Night Talking, Daydreaming, Daylight in a way, it's just a nonstop celebration of music. Definitely. And I, I think like from what I've read, that's kind of what he was going for. Like he, he said a, I read a quote from him where he said something like, you know, I just wanted to go into the studio and have the most fun as possible. I didn't want it to be about making the biggest track. And I think, of course it helps that he was in one direction and like where he came from and all that. But I just feel like he's one of those guys that's just like, all right, whatever happens, happens. And I think he ends up just making these like incredible albums. What do you think of the song Cinema? Cinema is interesting to me. Um, I like the sound of it. Yes. It's one of those that's kind of like lyrically sparse, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. Like, I just feel like there's not that much substance, but there's also like a lot of substance at the same time. Um, I know there was a lot of talk about it being about Olivia Wilde. I don't know if that's true. Um, But it's not like, it's not my absolute favorite, but it's not one that I dislike. Like, I'm kind of just meh. Like, I like it. I, I can't add anything to that analysis except to say I agree. It's a, it has a vibe to it that is more in the the sound of it and the melody than in the lyrics. Yeah, agreed. Now, like I'm I gonna, think it's just kind of slow, a little bit. It <laughs> like is it's slow like without being slow. a Matilda slow type song. Exactly. Uh, one other song I wanted to ask your opinion about is "Daylight," which is a song I heard him play on the Howard Stern show. And I loved it. I thought it was great. I still think it's great. It's a highlight for me. What is your take on daylight? I agree. I think it's a highlight for me as well. Um, that was the one, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that kind of reminded me of the Beatles a little bit. It had like a Beatlesque feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I really... I think I do really like it. It's kind of one that's growing on me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little slower. Just coming off that vibe from like music for a sushi restaurant. Right. <laughs> and like late night talking. And then I was like, okay, now we're going, now we're going like more mellow. Um, but I like it. Uh, real growing. Beatles. If, I'm sorry, Alex, go ahead. No, I was. It, it's just really growing on me right now. I think. Another very clear Beatles influence to me is the song Grape Juice. Yes. And the piano, the grape juice is a reference to wine. He's singing about wine. And the piano in there reminds me of the Paul McCartney song, Let Him In. And if you listen to that song in the piano, it's, it's very similar. Uh, mm-hmm. That is a heavy Beatles influence. I, I really like that song. It's another track I kind of forget about, but every time I listen to it, I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds so good. Yeah. Um, I definitely forget about grape juice. I don't know why it's so funny that you say that now. I feel like yeah. they could just kind of all mesh together because I'm so deep into listening. <laughs> I know. I know. It's right. Like I've, I've listened to it so many times. I'm like, oh, right. That's on there. What grade do you give Harry's house? Ooh, that's a tough question. I would say a minus. Yeah, that was my grade. <laughs> that was I, my I grade. mean, not surprised. <laughs> and the, um, the reason I give it an a minus and not an a is because I think the song Keep Driving, which is not a bad song. It's actually kind of fun to listen to. Uh, and the, this is so, so nitpicky. The melody on Love of My Life maybe keeps it from getting that A, but I, look, I could give it an A and it would make sense to me. You know, it's one of those albums. Yeah. No, I'm I'm not. Yeah, like I'm not giving it an A minus to be nitpicky, but I just think. I, I don't know. I just think like I want more lyrics. 
like as much as I love to just kind of dance to the melodies and like just like vibe with the music, the actual just like music and orchestrations of it. Like I, I want him to just keep singing because I think he has such yeah. a beautiful voice. It's so different and unique. He, he has like a very standout voice to me. And I agree opinion. with you. Very distinct voice. And let's mm-hmm. face it, for an album that's not long, when you have songs like Music for a Sushi Restaurant, Late Night Talking, Grape Juice, Daylight, Daydreaming, Matilda, and Cinema, and a, several other tracks, that's that's a, at the very least an A-minus album. I mean, those are... Oh, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. So what happened when this album was released, I, I said to my wife, I said, I'm going to listen to it at midnight, laying in bed with headphones on. And that did not happen. I passed out of sleep. I woke up at 2 a.m. And you'll be so proud of me, Alex. I immediately got out the headphones and put it on and listened at you 2 in the did morning. Not. I did listen <laughs> at 2 amazing. in the morning, laying in bed with my wife sleeping next to me. And I was completely focused on the album. And I just like, it, it, it woke me up in a way. It just like every song, it's like, boom, boom, boom. Every track, it's so different and exciting. It's It, it just is it's a very unique album that way. Love it. Absolutely. I love completely this agree. I completely agree. And I am very proud of you. And I think that 2 a.m. is the best time to listen. 2 a.m. <laughs> is a uh, uh, it's 2 a.m. is a time that is often referenced in music, I think. Right. I feel I feel like that in 3 a.m. Oh, well, yeah. Wednesday morning, 3 a.m. Matchbox 3 a. 20. Right? Yep. yep. <laughs> I guess it's an interesting time to write about because it's like it's not the time when a lot of people are going out but it's also not you're not getting up you know you're not doing peloton at 2 a.m that would be kind of fun though can you imagine that <laughs> that would be fun <laughs> i know we always we always circle back to peloton that'd be really fun i always think about doing the live uk rides at like yes. 2 a.m <laughs> yeah that's uh one of these days maybe. one of these days one of these days for fun alex anything else you want to add about harry's house that we did not cover um, and then I have a question I, for you. I, I honestly you, but... think we, well, I have a question for you. Also, okay. But I think we kind of covered everything in my opinion. I think we kind of touched on a lot of, a, a lot of the tracks. So, um, he, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. You go so first. here's my question for you. Of course. A lot of our listeners are people that would fall outside of the Harry Styles fan demographic. They, uh, maybe are my age. I'm 41. And, um, some of them may say, well, why would I listen to Harry Styles? Because I listened to uh, Led Zeppelin or, you know, grunge from the 90s. Like, why would what draw would Harry Styles have for me? Now, this, of course, is the famous Taylor Swift argument, which immediately fell by the wayside once folklore came out. And everybody followed my lead and Joe's lead as men in the 40s. As many listening. do. <laughs> That's right. Jonas Brothers. Jo- oh, well, jo- uh, clearly a major trend I started was listening to the drone i mean <laughs> it's your reaction that kills me every time <laughs> yeah we should do a jonas brothers show by the way a jonas brothers episode that would be oh, amazing that has to happen but what would you say alex to someone who would say that what i just said you know oh, i'm like i'm in my 40s what why would i listen to this what would your response be i would say that number one it's it crosses over so many different genres and that, like, yes, it's pop, but I feel like this one's more like groove and R&B, a little bit of rock, a little bit of pop. Um, but like we were talking about before, I think it's very Beatles-esque. I think a lot of his inspiration comes from, you know, like Paul McCartney and like you were saying before, Crosby, Stills and Nash, right? And and I think that that's something that kind of goes unnoticed when there's so much hype around an artist, just just around pop. I think that people need to just kind of get away and deviate from just labeling things as pop and really kind of look into an artist's focus and inspiration, right? I think that a lot of a lot of modern day pop artists right now and like major pop artists now have a lot of different inspirations, right? Like Ariana Grande is classically trained, right? Like when you think about it, there's so many other people in this world that that just can go way beyond what we hear. And I think mm-hmm. that's what Harry Styles does. Um, and that's what I like about him personally, right? Like I can't tell you the last pop album, unless you want to count Casey Musgraves as straight pop, which I don't personally, but that I've listened to straight through over and over again. Right. And we're obviously counting out Dua Lipa's future nostalgia because it's in its own category. I listened to it today. (laughs) I do too. I listen every day. (laughs) 
<laughs> every day. The um, I love that answer, Alex. And, you know, reminds me years ago how I was kind of made fun of, along with Joe, for listening so much to Taylor Swift. And one of the things that they would say is, oh, you know, most of Taylor's fans are teenage girls. Why are you listening to this? And then what I would always say back is, okay, if you want to play that game, why don't we go back and look at footage of the Beatles concerts and Frank Sinatra concerts and Elvis concerts and Beach Boys concerts and Jackson 5 concerts where the overwhelming majority of fans are teenage girls. Now, people of all ages and backgrounds listen to that and you don't think twice about it. Should I say, oh, you know what? Yeah, I, I, the Beatles are my all-time favorite group, but you know what? Teenage girls women made up their fan base at concerts. I'm not going to listen to them anymore. It'd be the most ridiculous. I should be arrested for saying that. You know what yeah. I mean? You'd, you'd have yeah. to uh, <laughs> jail me for saying that. But that's kind of the, um, I think that's a silly argument, but it is the way a lot of people feel. And one of the things I learned from being a Beatles fan is don't pigeonhole yourself into music. Be open to different genres. Not only does it make you a bigger music fan in general, I actually think it enhances your life. And I mean that, I know yeah. that's kind of dramatic, but the more music you can incorporate into your life, the more genres, the more rewarding your life will be, I think. And the more tolerant and understanding a person I think you will become. Yeah, I love that answer, Scott. That's amazing. And, and to bounce off that, I just think that, you know, I'll use Taylor Swift as an example. It's like, there are music fans, right? Like teenagers and young adults, of course they're fans of music, right? But then there's like me and you and, a bunch of other people, of course, you know, my dad, a bunch of other people that listen for the things that we listen for, right? Like we're listening for like the melodies and the big horns and the the loud drums and, you know, just those, those standout parts of a song. Um, and I'm not discounting the fact that other people like music, right? I think music fans are different in all spaces, but when you are like us and you look at an artist like Taylor Swift or like Harry Styles, you're like, Oh my goodness. Like they really shaped pop music or they really shaped R and B and pop at the same time. Right. And I think of course, going back to Taylor Swift, like we view her and we're like, wow, she's really, it was like an evolution of pop, Mm -hmm. of, of country pop, of folk, of Taylor Swift herself. And I think that that kind of goes unnoticed too with these kinds of artists. And I, I see the same with Harry Styles, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think Harry Styles, the, ti- the, the title album or his name album was very different from this, very different from Fine Line, like you were saying before. And we're kind of seeing the evolution. And I think, I just don't feel like a lot of people notice that when they're not as like deep into music as, as we are. And, right. and of course, a lot of other people, but, um, but yeah just to add to what you were saying. Yeah, I agree with that. A lot of people would just immediately discount certain genres of music if they feel that they shouldn't listen to it. You know, it's yeah. um, some people would say, you know, I can't listen to Harry Styles. You know, he's so outside my demographic, but I would say, so what? You know what I yeah. mean? And I, I often cite, I've talked about him before with you, Alex, on our podcast, Rob Sheffield, my favorite music journalist, who is a massive, massive Beatles fan who also mm-hmm. is a massive Taylor and Harry Styles fan. And he's written yeah. extensively about all those artists, because I think if you really take the time to appreciate music and, and look, you, if you don't like it, you don't like it. But if you, at the right. very least you can, I think respect where it comes from and the effort that's put into it. And it's, um, that's my thought on that. Definitely. Now you said you had a question for me before we oh, wrap of up. Of course. Um, yes. Have you seen, the as it was music video yes what are your your thoughts your quick thoughts i like the song more <laughs> than the video um, Agreed. one thing i like about harry styles as an artist even beyond the music is he does push boundaries and even though i wasn't necessarily crazy about the video i am always curious as to what he's going to do next in terms of his artistic output. And I mean that from a very broad, um, how should I say this? Very broad palette in the sense that I want to, he's an actor. He's been in movies. He's due to star later this year in a movie where he met Olivia Wilde. She's the director of a movie. It's kind of like this horror-esque movie that he's in with Florence Pugh, the actress. I think I'm saying the last name correct. So So I'm curious what movies he's making. And I'm curious what clothes he's going to wear. He's become a fashion icon and 
look, I was watching his interview with Zane Lowe on Apple Music, and it's it's and then on Howard Stern, and I just um, he's a celebrity in a major major way, and if you follow pop culture like we do, just like I want to know what people are wearing to the Met Gala, I kind of want to know what is Harry Styles going to wear to this performance or that performance. Um, yeah. So. In terms of as it was the music video, let me go back to that because that was your question. I'm kind of rambling on. I uh, even though I'm not a huge fan of the music video, I appreciate what he has done from an artistic perspective, and uh, it's unique. That's for sure. It does stand out. I agree. I think it's really symbolic of you know the nostalgia that he's kind of trying to portray in that song. Mm-hmm. Love yes. the outfits. Always. The outfits are great. Outfits are great. Very very distinct i just love them like he really shines and that's like my favorite part about it he's just awesome his dancing is incredible yes he's so just enthusiastic like, a performer yeah just like a really fun vibe it's light it's easy yeah um but yeah i just had to ask you that of course great question uh, and alex uh, as we get ready to conclude the episode you and i have both made a major major mistake throughout this entire episode when we reference taylor swift because now we have to refer to her as Dr. Taylor Swift. Yes, we do. I would have, I would have killed to be an NYU graduate. Yes. <laughs> last week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she, uh, for those that don't know, Taylor spoke at NYU's graduation at Yankee stadium and she was awarded a, uh, a doctorate, a, you know, honorary doctorate. So she is a doctor now. So we appreciate any fan mail or tweets. Please refer <laughs> Dr. To her. Swift. Dr. Swift. Uh, there were great memes Incredible. associated with that. Great memes last week. There was it, last oh week was gosh. an internet prime, prime. I have to go look. Yeah, I have to look. I was behind oh, yeah. on, on the socials. I need to look. Oh, so, that's incredible. Uh, Alex, that last question for you, and then we'll uh, I'll give the wrap up information. Uh, what else have you been listening to over the past week or so? Uh, anything besides Harry's House, or has it really captured most of your attention? So besides Harry Styles, I've been listening to Florence and the Machine. She just came out with her new album, Dance Fever. Very cool vibe. If you haven't listened, um, I don't know if that's your speed, but super, super cool. Very unique, very distinct sound. Um, then it's Harry and Dua Lipa and Casey Musgraves. And I've, I have like this massive, yes, yes, the trifecta. And I have this massive pop punk playlist that I've been listening to on repeat. Oh, and then, that, oh my God, there's so many. And this song by Lizzo about damn time. Kills me. All right, listen, Alex. I, I, uh, I really let's pretend we shouldn't have this moment because I really don't like that song, that Lizzo song. No. And now I will say I it's about the only song that I like at the moment. It has grown her. on me a little bit because I have to freeze what I'm doing and watch every TikTok video that I see with that song in there to see how are these people going to dance to this song? That um, was my TikTok debut. Yeah, yes. Congratulations. It was, I mean, that thank was a great you. video. That was a great video. I, that was horrible, but thank you. For no, that no, idea. no. It was great. It was great. Um, with complete strangers. So that is a true story. That is a true story. That's how, that's a great 21st century TikTok story. Yes. So I mean, it, that lady like sprint. Oh, sorry. I keep cutting you off. No, no, no. That's okay. That's okay. Um, so Florence and Machine Elm is your stuff we love recommendation, I guess. Yes. So, you know, I've been listening so much to Harry's house. I'm not sure what else my music recommendation, if I was going to give a music stuff we love, what it would be. But I will give this. I have been listening more and more to EDM music. And this was born out of my watching Coachella and just listening to electronic music. It's a genre I never really paid much attention to until recently. And my favorite genre, uh, favorite group in the genre is the group Disclosure. Very popular duo, release a lot of dance music. They performed at Coachella this year. They've been associated with the biggest artists in the business today, like Sam Smith and The Weeknd. And uh, their big uh, hit that they did the beats for was the song Talk by Khalid. Also the song Latch, of course, I think probably is their biggest hit. And I am going to be making a playlist, Alex, which I will share with you on Spotify. And I even thought of a great name. The name is Full Disclosure. Oh, it's a must. <laughs> so You're brilliant. Uh, thank you. That is my stuff we love, this, the group Disclosure. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Thank um, you. 
Oh, Scott, by the way. So I have another one that's not music related. Oh, shocking. Great. I know. Um, <laughs> um, lately, I've been very into going to different local coffee shops. And you know me, I'm a very like, I, I like a good latte and that's kind of it. And a cortado and like a bunch of, I'm very into coffee, but it's been a thing to go to different coffee shops like around my town and outside of my town for a while. Um, but I don't know. I've just been going a lot lately and it's just, a, it's a vibe. It's a fun it, vibe. It is a vibe. And there is something about coffee shop, coffee houses and coffee shops as a, um, a restaurant genre that is so distinct. They each have such a, such their own vibe, their own personality. Uh, mm-hmm. I also very much enjoy getting coffee at different places. I don't know if you've ever had a New Orleans cold brew. Have you had that? I have not. What is Try that? Try that, please. It, not all places have it. It It's coffee with sweet cream and a bit. Oh, I'll look it up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we started with Harry's house and we end with a New, <laughs> New Orleans cold brew. Okay. What is New Orleans cold brew? Okay. This is what it is. Yep. Has a hint of chicory chicory root for a well-rounded chocolatey taste and it comes with sweet cream where i've had it it's got this mocha-esque flavor which i really like but it's not pure mocha it's not like oh i'm getting a chocolate coffee drink it's it's a little bit more subtle than that i happen to love it i tried it i'm like oh this is this is a great treat yum okay great rick i'm gonna get that and with that, let me tell our listeners where they can find the Stuff We Love podcast. You can find our website at stuffwelovepodcast.podbean.com. You can write to us, stuffwelovepodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod, Instagram, Stuff We Love Podcast. We have a YouTube channel and a Facebook page. And we're available to subscribe to on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, this has been an amazing episode, as always, Alex. What will our next music episode be? I can't even think of a music release coming out that's as big as this. I, I can't think of one either, but we might have to go back a little bit. I like the idea of Jonas Brothers. That could be fun. I like that. That's, we have a lot of content to work with with the Jonas Brothers. A lot of content. We have the breakup. We have pre-breakup, post-breakup, DNCE, everything. You know what maybe we should do for Jonas Brothers? It, it, I mean, you listen to the podcast, so you know I'm often joined by my friends Stan and Scott for playlist episodes. Yeah. I don't know if they're Jonas Brothers fans, but I, I think maybe what you and I should do is do a Jonas Brothers playlist episode where maybe we each, if we were putting together a playlist of eight to 10 Jonas Brothers songs, what would go on there? That would be a good episode. Yes. Just like we did with the first Taylor Swift one that I was on. Alex, this has been awesome as always. Thank you for joining us. Always. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me again. This is so fun. I'm I'm sad it's over. This has been the best. Thank you. And as to always. our listeners, go listen to Harry's House. Now that you've listened to Stuff We Love Podcast, listen to Harry's House and let us know what you think. Just trust us. Trust us. <laughs> trust us. It's that simple. Simple. All right. We'll go around the table one more time. I'm Scott. I'm Alex. And this has been the Stuff We Love podcast.